I was sent in this vision, eternity with her. Like, I, I was sleeping and I was sent in this vision and it was just the most loveliest thing ever. And I was just sat on the sofa with her, just looking into her eyes. And her face was exactly the way it was. And that, like, I was 11 years old when she passed and my memory fails me to what she looks like. But that was just her. It was just the most precious moment I've ever had, and it was more real than I could ever imagine. And um, I wrote a song a few weeks ago. Uh, I've had a little break from songwriting over Christmas, but as the Christmas break ended, uh, God really put this song on my heart, and I wanted to sing it to you guys. Uh, it's from God's perspective to us. It's called I Know You. Um, so. Dom screams at me because I'm far too loud at singing. <laughs> and I know you, I know where you've been, I know where you want to go, I know everything within. I have felt your pain I have held your tears in my hands When no words can explain And I just want you to know I love you And I just want you to know that I care And I just want you to know that I, When you're about to give up That I I know where you've been I know where you want to go I know everything within And I know you And I have felt your pain I've felt your tears in my hands When no words can explain and I want you to know I love And I want you to know when you're about to give up that I'm right here, that I'm right here. I hold the stars in the sky, yet I know you. I hold the world in my hands, yet I call But your story's still my favorite I hold the stars in the sky Yet I know you I hold the world in my hand Yet I call you friend I made beginning and end I sit on victory's throne But your story's still my favorite 
care I want you to know when you're about to give up that I'm up and uh, I was thinking a little, little earlier and then coming up to that those are the very words he wanted to speak to the woman at the well the Samaritan woman he'd been baptizing people alongside John he'd been upsetting the Pharisees and he decided to go to Galilee and he had to go through Samaria because I am sure on his heart was that one woman. In the same way, on his heart is every one of us today. Every one of us, he wants to meet with us. Where we are, minister to us, touch us. Since we started, the focus has been on Jesus reaching out to us. Where we are. Touching us, renewing us, restoring us. Now, I get the impression that that woman of the well was the, at the end of her tether. She couldn't go and get water from that well with everybody else. She was divorced. She wasn't part of the community. The person she was living in with wasn't the husband. She was a real mess. She was at the end of her tether. She had nowhere to go. And there are times in our lives when we feel just like that. But Jesus is there to meet us, even though he's tired. And he asks for water. And he gave her life. That's what he's saying to each one of us today. If we're tired, exhausted, in need of refreshment, just take it from him. Let him feed and wash and set you free. Just relax into him. Stop trying and striving and let him speak his words to your heart. As he spoke through that song of Tobias, he's speaking love, renewal, strength. And for some, maybe in a direction. Amen. Um, it was interesting what Toby was saying because um, I knew his grandmother, Pat College, and she used to come to the Elam Church. And I can remember she kept saying to us, um, if anybody could come with me to Basingstoke, um, she said, then I'd drive there. At that particular time, it was a long time ago, 
and I had a sister who lived in Basingstoke. I said to her one day, well, I'll come to Basingstoke with you. So we went across, and she drove. We went across the hills, and she was fine. And then we got to your aunt's house in Basingstoke on the outside. And um, your aunt drove me on to my sister's house, who lived well in Basingstoke. But you know, that was a grand grand sort of touch us on into the town of or Basingstoke itself meant that as we made contact with my sister again who actually was adopted as a child but we managed to find her when she was in her 30s it was her turning back to the Lord the fact that we went there we went to see her and we could share um, Jesus with her and it was a fact, she said, oh, she said, I've had these leaflets coming through my door about these church people that will visit you, and I'm going to get in touch with them. So that was a wonderful reunion. It just shows how, how God can lead. And when Toby mentioned that, I thought, yes, I, I've been to his aunt's house, and I knew his grandmother, and it was just lovely. So we do praise God for that, don't we? And I just thought recently that... Um, um, you know, listening to somebody on, on the Christian channels this morning, he was talking about our, our Christian faith. And he was saying that some people say that once saved, you're always saved. But he wasn't really in agreement with that statement. Because he says the word of God says, he who endures to the end will be saved. And there is a race that we have to run. And there's endurance in that race. You don't find often a, a sprinter or a runner who's starting out in the race, who gets halfway through and says, well, I'm going to give up. But he wants to, to continue. And I think the Lord is just saying to us, continue in the race. Don't give up because there's a race to be won and there's a prize at the end of it. And it's he who endures to the end. Sometimes it's, we have a wonderful saviour. I was thinking about it this morning and I thought, sometimes it's costly, isn't it, to keep running? But then the Lord said to me, but I'll put in my heart, but I give you my peace. And the peace that he gives is anything that outshines what the world can give. So we praise him. So keep running the race, keep trusting him, and keep following his leading. Many years ago, when I worked in a factory, there used to be this um, little screed on the wall, you know, which said, when you're up to your neck in alligators, that wasn't the actual wording, but I've changed the wording to protect the innocent. When you're up to your neck in alligators... It's very easy to forget you're there to drain the swamp. And um, I think that for all of us, you know, every day we're up to our neck in alligators, aren't we? There's always something to be sorted out. There's always something to be smacked on the snout. There's always something that we have to deal with. And it's very purpose. And I want to just read a couple of verses out from... Uh, Second Corinthians. I was mulling whether I should share this or not, and then it was just kind of right in front of me. Um, that's just where, where we are. Paul, I'll read the few verses. Now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beg you that when I'm present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. And here we go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. It's a very interesting passage, this, and I'm not going to really talk about it much, but it's very interesting, you see, because he says the weapons of our warfare. Now, I know, I was reminded in a prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago, the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. And that's fine as far as it goes, but it is only one side of the picture. And this is the other side of the picture for the weapons of our warfare. Not God's warfare, although it is primarily God's warfare, but our warfare. Now, the point I want to make is this, and then I'll be done, is essentially it is vital that we keep or get, keep engaged with the divine plan and not get caught up just living our lives and dealing with the crocodiles or the alligators or I'm a bit short of money I wallop that one or I feel a bit down I wallop that one or I need to do this I wallop that one or here's a nice film I'll go and see that and you know all of these things are fine but I think that the enemy wants to get us distracted from the main purpose and this is a theme you're going to hear from me I think probably again and again this year, maybe not again and again, but again and again twice, uh, which is we have to engage with what God is doing, not just live our lives as though I'm here to live my life, I pop off and I go to heaven, game over, thank you very much. No, we're here to engage with God and it's really straightforward just have to focus on Jesus we need passion for Jesus we need to praise Jesus we need to pray to Jesus we need to preach Jesus we need to proclaim Jesus that's what we need to do that's why we're here but that was the thing our warfare we share in what God and it keeps you centralized on him otherwise we're just living our lives like anybody else. Thank you. It's always interesting, isn't it? That, um, I mean, the same sort of thing was coming to me, John, as you shared, so I won't repeat it, but it was just that, that we, we, we um, can just carry on uh, living our lives so we can actually see what God's doing. And, um, and definitely I want to see what God's doing. And it is easy to get distracted, isn't it? Um, I was... Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the phrase purple passage. Purple passage. Does anyone know what, if you're reading like literature, this is kind of like me as a literature teacher for a moment. If you come across a purple passage, does anyone know what it means, what a purple passage is? It always it interests me this because it's quite a well-known term. Um, but um, what it means is, I, I thought John would know this. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. A really, a really rich passage. You know, purple means kind of royal, so it's, it's kind of special and just rich. And I'm sure 
like myself, I'm sure if you're thinking, oh, I want to read the Bible, maybe it's not your daily reading, but you just think, I want to read, I just need a bit of God's word, and you pick it up, and there might be certain passages that you go to, you know, I mean, if I'm, if I'm feeling a bit out of sorts with God, um, and I know that I need to do some business with him, I'll normally turn up Psalm 51, and I'm sure, I'm sure others would do as well, when, you know, David repents after his adultery, I'm not, you know, Obviously, that was quite a severe thing, but it's a very, it's a very, it's a very good psalm. I'm not confessing something here. Louise isn't here, but that's not what I said. But um, um, but another very purple passage is Romans three, and it turned up in my and this is just a little bit really, but it turned up in my reading yesterday, and I thought, oh, I wonder if that's something that I could share on Sunday. I thought I have to come back to that and have a look, and I had a look again this morning, and Romans three, um, you know, sort of twenty well. The whole of Romans 3, really, but, but there's this long kind of quote from verses 10 to 18, which are well, long kind of stitched together quotes in the Old Testament. And then and Paul's argument comes in. So I'm not going to kind of go through all that. But, but later on, really, when you get obviously Romans 3.23, which is another great memory verse, uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And it was verse 24. This is the bit that just jumped out as I was reading it. Where, um, so it says that, I'll go from verse 21, just for the sense, like John did. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So this morning, when we've been hearing that God is interested in each of us, this is proof here, yeah? All of us, uh, God is interested in. And it says, for there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And it was that word freely. We're justified freely. Um, there's no obligation. You know, yes, we want to live life for God. Yeah, we want to get involved in his purposes. Like just because we love him, uh, not because we're trying to, you know, earn anything back or anything like that. Yes, we need to endure to the end. But um, but, but, you know, God will help us endure and we don't need to sit under any condemnation because we've been justified freely. And I checked a few different translations out and every translation says freely, being justified freely by his grace. So you're, you're justified freely. If you've trusted in Jesus, um, we didn't need to do anything, did we? We just put our trust in him. It's just like a child um, who's loved by their parents. They didn't need to do anything to be loved. They just exist. It's simply because you exist that God loves you. It's simply because you exist. And we're justified freely. Or would just give you, take it, carrying on, or would just give you uh, one practical weapon um, this is secretly going on from last week, but um, I had this lovely uh, analogy, and I thought that is, you know, I really needed that to encourage me in prayer, because back to prayer. And that is somebody said, um, when you pray and nothing happens, think of it like this you're standing by a swamp. And you are throwing stones into the swamp. And you can't see anything. But if you keep throwing the stones, at some point, you will start to see a path. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, John was saying those alligators in the swamp. But keep throwing the stones of prayer. Because at some point, there will be a path. Yeah, it's just so interesting. I'm doing um, some study in Mark because I'm doing one of the Mark studies next month, early next month. And it's very much on these lines. 
about not letting the everyday engulf you. You know, it's so easy. The shopping, the preparing food, the eating of food, the clearing up, even just that one aspect of life can be all John has shared. My desire is to advance the kingdom of God, (laughs) not just to kind of live the everyday life. Um, And that's how I see it. I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So that's now where I live. And I want to pursue that. I want to break through in that. Of course, the everyday things are important, but you know the things of God set your affections on those things above where Christ dwells at the right hand of God. That's where we should be looking and living from and where our conversation should be. Um, I, so I wake up most days, or not when I just wake up, but during my times with the Lord, I say, Please help me to advance the kingdom of God today. And I do believe that we do that in persevering prayer. And maybe we don't see what's happening, but a path is being made. But I also want to pray for people out there. And um, Ruth and I were having a catch-up, I'll call it a walk and a talk, um, I think on, I can't remember which day of the week it was. Um, But we met a lady who had four dogs. And so her four dogs and my dog stopped Lana is an amazing connector with people for advancing the kingdom of God. It's amazing. Um, and, and, of course, walking the dog is an everyday thing. But then the breakout comes and she starts talking about how difficult life is for her and how bad things are for her with her pain and everything. She talked for quite a while. Um, so I said, oh, Jackie, can I pray for you? I'd rather hope she'd be here today to testify that she had been healed, but um, she isn't. Um, And I prayed for her and, you know, it was just so wonderful to take that opportunity out of the everyday uh, to bring the kingdom of God and to advance it. And we know from the things that she said uh, that it was a seed for her and an awakening for her um, from something from the past. So, you know, break out of the everyday. Don't let the everyday engulf you like an alligator. You know, it it can engulf your life. It can fill all your day just doing the housework and the ordinary things. Just please don't let it happen. Just pray to break out from the everyday and advance the kingdom of God. So for me, it's like I'm pushing back against the kingdom of darkness um, with the light that's in me, but that which also comes out of me. And that's how I see that battle, you know, that, that moving forward. Um, Oh, and I also wanted to say, we are so very blessed to have Toby in our midst. You know, that song that we sang earlier was one of Toby's. Um, I know that you will fix everything that's broken if I just touch your cloak. You know, there is such an anointing on that song. And then we have another lovely song today. And we must treasure and encourage and do whatever we can to encourage Toby and ask the Holy Spirit to rest increasingly upon those songs and touch people's hearts. Um, good morning. Uh, I just wanted to share my little bit because uh, the kingdom of God was on my heart this morning and the songs we've sung and also encounters um, in this day and age, if you're a cessationist, um, then maybe now is the time to to be aware that you know God's still appearing in visions, um, God's still using 
um, his spirit to guide people. And I just wanted to uh, um, focus on that little episode when the kingdom of God was started to extend beyond Jerusalem and remind us uh, of the story of Philip. Because an angel said to him, you go down on that lonely road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. And there he goes. Um, and there he finds the eunuch who was reading the scripture. Um, I just thought I'd just quote that. Oops. He was reading, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from him. And of course, he didn't understand what he was reading. And then Philip opened his mouth and he began um, explaining the scripture to him, which leads to his uh, conversion and, and baptism. I just thought, what a wonderful story. And there's there's the work of the Holy Spirit, but there was Philip who had to be obedient to the angel that appeared to him. You know, he could have woken up from this dream or, you know, he could have um, come to himself after the angel appeared to him and go, was that real? No, I was probably imagining it and just carried on with his day. But Philip was tuned in and I think that was, was John was also going, you know, um, keep throwing the stones as well. That was an, another word that came um, to me is, have you been praying for somebody to be touched by God, to be healed, or to be to to meet Jesus, to become aware of His love. Well, there's situations like Liz, who, you know, where they might be just prompted through maybe your faithful prayers, eventually to go. Oh God, I, I think if you're real, I want to meet you. And then it happens, and it still does. So there's so many stories going on. And just um, also what Ben said, you know, look what God's doing. And I think we need to look what God's doing and <clears throat> get alongside him and go, okay, I want to see what you're doing so I can be there to see it for myself. That can be exciting. And um, we are going into a season in the first half of the year where there's a, something called thy kingdom come. People, I'm thinking... And, Lord, maybe this is the year where some of those people turn to Christ. And he fills me full of his presence. Are we going to wind up the meeting now? Um, where's my last page? <laughs> um, I really feel this year uh, the world is in a pretty sad state, and we just, you know, the Lord will be coming back soon. And I really feel this is a year of prayer. I feel this church needs to. I'm glad this new prayer meeting that Martin is starting up you know I've just been thinking if we don't have a rich prayer life it's like having a car with no petrol 
and we need to be filling our cars up and it's it's our weapon our weapon our bible's weapon we have to use it um now the bible says we are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light so you know we can claim that priestly blessing that you have in i think it's numbers 6 and uh, so i thought it would be nice if we could sing that blessing over each other you know so if we can stand and sing the blessing and you know look around and and pray it over everybody